This podcast is a proud member of the Lamb Podcasting Network. Find the network at largeassmovieblogs.com. Hello and welcome to special Can Podcast Han 2013. Um, uh, me and Darren are here, and we're joined by uh, James. Hello. Uh, you, you, you did some podcasts last week. Yeah, yeah, we did. Me, yeah. you, and Damo. Yeah. So our ardent fans, if there are any, um, <laughs> probably <laughs> recognise his voice from back then. Uh, yeah, cool. What are you gibbering on about? I don't know. <laughs> I'm talking shit. But I've only just arrived. Uh, James just arrived yesterday, so we've not really seen anything, but... Darren's been here since the beginning, so he's going to rattle on about some films that he's watched. Yeah, just to start it off, I'll be, I'll be quick. I've seen uh, seven films. Six, seven, whatever. We've but got... it's, it's not bad going, actually. That's pretty good, considering it's, it's busy at the beginning and sort of slacks off when we'll ramp it up this second week. On the first um, impulse, like, best of the seven. Helly. Definitely. What's it about? Okay, we'll start with it. Um, it's the first competition film, um, and it is a Mexican film, and it is about this heliism. Is a, a young man in his early twenties. He's just had a baby. He's just got married, and he's got a little sister who's thirteen, and she's in a relationship with this seventeen-year-old guy who's in the um, army doing military service. And the military service are getting rid of loads of cocaine. And um, this um, hair boyfriend is helping them kind of military and they're all burning all this cocaine. And you realise that he's actually stole some cocaine. And he's, he leaves it at Helly's house, the brother of the 13-year-old girl. He leaves it there and then one night, some people from the army come, kidnap them all and torture them. And they kill the um, boyfriend. And it is... And, but the sister doesn't come back. They let Helly go, but the sister doesn't return. And it's sort of, I suppose, I'd be giving it too much credit on a plot white level, saying that it was this some thriller of hunting down these the killers. And it's not like that at all. I mean, it's very, very slight, um, in, 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 you know, kind of thematically and in, even in terms of the content as well. It's, it is a very slight film. But um, I mean, in all the reviews before, and we're saying how kind of shocking and it's the first thing you said Dave about when I said say, oh it's meant to be brutal you know people were calling it hyper violence and these almost unwatchable really? um, torture sequences and I was like kind of excited by it I was like, oh, you know this sounds great um, and on that level it's, it was a mega disappointment really disappointing I thought it was going to be absolutely brutal and it was I, I will go as far as to say it is absolutely tame if no one said anything I would not even think I'd really be mentioning it. That yeah. You know, I mean, it's... are there any any like one or two scenes that you think people there's... have latched onto that? Well, yes, there's one. There's only one scene, and that's why I, was dis- I mean, I don't want to. Yeah. I don't want to ruin what happens at the end. But there, it's there is a sort of a, 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 a revenge of sorts. But even that is a very disappointing revenge, and it's still not full on. It doesn't. It's really, for me, it finishes too early. You know, don't say that too often. But I wish it was a little bit longer, and it kind of comes. Mm-hmm. I found it unfulfilling. So, but it's this one where they get tortured. There's a, you know, he's battering him with a cricket bat, which I thought was actually looked like a really shit effect. It didn't look brutal or violent. I mean, there's a brutality around it because while it's happening, he's doing it in this. They're doing it in this living room. There's these kids who are playing like violent video games. It's a bit, you know, yeah. and they're watching 
they're playing it and then watching him battering at the same time. At the same time, and then the, he offers them the bat, and they then go up and whack yeah. him as well as and stuff. And it's, it, it, but that's not brutal in my opinion. It, you know, it sounds it's, a bit fucked up, but yeah. yeah, yeah, it is. But some somehow it doesn't feel it for some reason. It's almost slightly comic. Yeah. It's quite. Um, and then it's really bad when he pulls his pants down, and you see it all. So he pulls his pants down. He pours petrol over his cock and sets fire to it. You can see it; it's all like burning. <laughs> that sounds pretty fucking brutal. It does, but I think it's because you're expecting. I think it. <laughs> How fucking more brutal can it get? Then I... someone had their cock burnt off. I think I was just expecting um, more prolonged sort of yeah ag- agony. Yeah, I mean it wasn't. It like wasn't. Martyrs or... um, but even that didn't feel like. Ooh, it was more. Uh, Again, you could sort of see the sort of CG work of the flames. So it, was, it kind of lo- so loses it wasn't, the, the impact of it. Yeah. Well, I think it kind of clearly was everybody else. But saying that, it was a, it was a strong film. Um, it was, yeah, it's was, it written was as a great can film. You know, we always kind of slug off can and it's all slow. And I will say this year has been, at the minute, has been Sounds a like improvement. Yeah. yeah. It's a so much sort of more what? accessible fare. So, um, yeah, so... But the first film I saw, but that was quite long, and we'll be very quick on the others. Um, so the first film I saw um, during the, the, um, before Heli was a Japanese film called Catcher and Dad, um, a market screening. That was, um, yes, Japanese film, and it tells a story about this this family, and it's this Mormon and their two daughters, sort of mid-teens daughters, and they get a phone call that their dad's dying, terminal cancer. And the the daughters haven't they haven't seen the dad for since since they were kids, I mean little kids, and um, the mum wants them the daughters to go see him in hospital to say goodbye and to see him again, and then as and then they go then on the way, they he's actually died by the point they go and then they end up going to his funeral, and then all his extended family, um that, that actually that sounds that sounds good, um, but the film wasn't, um at all it was, it's just just. Really poorly directed. It's just like all the classics, you know, with the bad writing, bad directing, bad performing. But other than that, it was all right. <laughs> That's the kind of that was what it was, and it's a shame. It's, it was just, but everything, even the music, it was clearly really bad MIDI music, yeah. and it was just, and it wasn't. It was. It didn't. It was. I mean, it, it was lit badly. It was just. It was a bit. What sh- made you check it out? Or was it just randomly? It was there, and you just went to watch it. Yeah, we just wanted to watch a film, yeah. and, we, and it was just what is. Yeah, what is what's on. Yeah, yeah, and we just did Sounded a lucky dip. Yeah, just did an absolute lucky dip. Um, what did we fancy? And it's so we went to see it. And um, but it's just it's just really weird because um, it did these things where it sounded like it was going to be interesting, yeah. and it didn't. So, for example, there's this bit where the daughters are going to see their dad in hospital, and then the brother of the dad rang, rings up the mum and says, "Aram, he's died," mm. and she says, "Will you do me a favor?" And then it cuts to the girls. And I was thinking, I thought that what she, it was going to be like she was going to because they've not yeah. seen him since he was a kid. I thought she was going to try and get him, the brother, to pretend that he's the dad, just so that they could have a farewell or feel like they've said goodbye or yeah, that. Which yeah. I think would could have been interesting. Nope, we got you don't no idea what that. Can you do me a favor? Is <laughs> it never tells you? No, so there was no real <laughs> plot point to it, and then um, it was just things like that happened all the time. Where it's just you thought something interesting was going to happen, and it just didn't. And it, Really didn't, and then there's just like one one scene where this bloke bursts into the house and sort of starts raping the mum, who's saying, "I'm not interested in him. I told you not to come back. I told you not to come back." And he's sort of like pulling a pound down, and she's like scrabbling away. But it's played for laughs. 
slapstick rape. Slapstick rape. You know, you can't beat a good bit of slapstick rape. Fucking Chuckle Brothers. Oh, to meet him. And, <laughs> and it's... But then he comes and goes and there's no more to it. So there's like no plot. It's just there's loads of elements of plot that never... It never progresses. Mm. But they kind of hint that it's going to be more interesting than it actually is. So it's, yeah, one very good. Um, okay, so... Oh, so <laughs> None of these are short. <laughs> yeah. We are what we are. I'll talk about that. We we spoke about that. We reviewed this. Uh, well, not really. We chatted about it in a podcast um, two years ago. Yeah, I don't know. If it might be yeah three three. Was it we are what we are. As a we Mexican. Pro- we probably didn't talk about the podcast, but yeah. yeah, okay. But it's a Mexican film that that we um, premiered in Cannes a few years ago. We went to see that bizarrely with no subtitles. Just Mexican <laughs> Mexican language. You know that famous Mexican language. <laughs> so obviously. Um, and it was good. I, I, I remembered. I've not seen it since, but I was really positive about it. You've seen it and seen yeah. it since, haven't you? Yeah, I've seen it since. Very they good. liked it. Um, yeah. But um, and this is the American remake of it, and it's sort of well put together. It's well done technically. It's very good. It's kind of looks good. It's well performed. The writing isn't terrible. It's you yeah. know it's you know you can't fault it on that level. But and it's kind of entertaining. It's not boring either. I feel as if. It's not as strong as the, the original, and ultimately the film doesn't work. It's it's really slow, and the Mexican version is as well, and it's really slow. I didn't mind that at all. I thought it was quite brave for a horror film. And a, a Mexican American remake, you sort of instantly think it's going to be like trashy, you know, kind of. Yeah. But it isn't, and it's yeah. slow, and it's reflective, and it's quite ponderous. And you think it's quite brave. And then when it kicks into the sort of final act, it becomes exactly what you expected the film to be. It's just yeah. silly, yeah. the deaths are over the top, yeah. people are laughing in the audience, and it's... Mm. And it's not intentional, you know what I mean? The film yeah. doesn't earn it in that. But another thing, it make the, makes a few changes which really weaken it. Um, in, the, in the original, um, the, the father dies. Did you say it's the beginning, isn't it? Yeah, he dies right at the beginning. Father dies at the beginning, and it's almost like, how does the family... Oh, sorry, what the film is about, I don't know how to explain yeah. that. It yeah. is about the family of cannibals um, who kill, <laughs> kill people. <laughs> Just drop that in. Oh, yeah, oh, by the way... <laughs> Um, it's about this family of cannibals, and they do it on a sort of this really sort of it's, it's a ritual of the family, and then they you know they kind of take people from the local town and kill them, and so these people have gone missing. So it's a little bit of a sort of a police hunt, for yeah. that. Um, and yeah. So and so the original, the father died at the beginning, and it was how the the women, the mother and the two daughters, and there was a younger kid, isn't there? There's a there's a boy it sort of falls, yeah, yeah. Quite a lot. Uh, but it's about how does the family cope when the hunt has been taken from it how do they still do the ritual how do they still without the leader without yeah so it's almost like so there's, so there's a nice sort of gender you know that kind of kind of gender theme that plays really nicely and also kind of the, you know the you know um, them finding their places in the family um but it's quite interesting anyway and um that's gone because the mother dies at the beginning and the dad's still there so there's none of that um and yeah, so it kind of really weakens it, and also in the in the original, there's a really key sort of it teases you enough with the sort of it's about cannibals. You, it's, a, it's a horror film. You, you do need those moments, and the Mexican version has them. The um, American version didn't. It was just nothing until the very end, mm-hmm. which made it a bit dull in all honesty, and it missed a, a really vital scene from the from the um, Mexican version, which is just bizarre. Um, and again, it just it doesn't work. I mean, in the in the American version, the daughters. Doubting, mm. wanting to do this, like why are we doing this? Like, Dad can't make us do this. I don't want to yeah. do this anymore, and it's this sort of change. Um, and then, 
at the very end. Are you going to watch it? Yeah, I probably will. Do you know what happens at the end Maybe. of the Mexican version? At the end of the... Uh, we're just ruining these films. Uh, at the end of the Mexican version... Oh, God, it's been a while. All the police come in and something like that, and there's like a big shootout. And, 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 and one of the, the girl... Does the girl sort of... One of the girls survives. When one of the girls... Yeah... Is it, have no, you seen it? Yeah, boy, I've seen it. I was either, there. either the boy or the girl dies. Like, one of them. One Canada. of them dies to let the other one live. I can't remember. It okay, yeah. The, the American version completely changes the ending, and it it does it builds up these characters, these girls, as being something, and then the ending just completely went. Eh, fuck that. It's not as interesting. Let's do this instead. It's like a completely different set of yeah. characters. So um, yeah, but uh, saying that. You know, it's an entertaining yeah, at least couple of it, 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 I guess, but not for the better by the things. Yeah, every decision they've made yeah. is is weaker. I mean, it reminds me what you just said then, how they actually did set it set it up quite impressively, and then only to ruin it in the final half an hour by going by presenting the audience with exactly what it's going to expect. This big splatter fest, everyone's getting killed, just to give you that you know emotional payoff that it thinks the audience is hungering for. Just reminds me of like. Um, it reminds me of watching Star Trek Into Darkness this week, yeah. which I've seen. It's not anything to do with Cannes, but I haven't seen any films here yet. I've only just arrived, yeah. so I <laughs> thought I'd drop it speak. in. So I mean, like, and I know, I know you other guys have seen Star Trek, so I thought maybe chat about that for a little bit. You're gonna be okay. So, so why does it remind you of Star <laughs> Trek? No, because basically you say because ba- like I thought Star Trek Into Darkness set up a, ni- a fairly interesting premise. You've got. Um, You've got this villain in the film played by Benedict Cumberbatch who is essentially some superhuman who's been cryogenically frozen for years and he originally designed to be a, a warrior. Um, reawoken only to realise he's been reawoken for nefarious means by um, some shady leader at the top yeah, some of... quite big spoilers there. Yeah, at the top <laughs> of... At the top of Starfleet. And, um, and so he, he, he goes on his own revenge mission to reawaken the rest of his own people. And basically, it's quite interesting because you don't find any of this out and it's just drip-fed... Until you either watch it and wait till the end or listen to, or listen podcast. to this podcast. <laughs> yeah, until you listen to this podcast. <laughs> so... Um, so I was quite intrigued by the setup, you know, when this uh, mysterious character emerges, and he's and he's well played by the actor. He they generate a significant amount of threat. Um, he delivers his lines in a very you know Shakespearean Shakespearean way. way. Hamtastic, yeah, yeah, fantastic. But but you know, sometimes that's good in yeah, a big yeah. in, in a in big sort of blockbuster and stuff. But yeah, I didn't blockbuster like film. Really? I thought it was I thought he was very you know, I don't like it when villains are so subtly underplayed that you don't you're not afraid of them. You have to think this guy's a nutter. Mm. But anyway, the, right. the setup was okay, but then this there's about a 1 hour section of drivel in the middle where they're creating some convoluted storyline that I could barely follow. Not a lot happened. They went to the Klingon homeworld that was just basically like a television set, and <laughs> and then and then they came back. Yeah, the to, Klingons were never. Really, and then they it's came. Like, oh, cool, it's gonna be awesome. They have and then they, like, they came back to London. They showed me some special effects that I'd already <laughs> seen in the trailer, and then they have a punch up on the, the top of a spaceship. It's ripped off of the end of Revenge well, of the of Sith. Films, yeah. Revenge of the Sith, where two two blokes punching each other on a floating in a platform situation. in a precarious situation, where you think, "Oh, they're yeah. going to fall off." I imagine some. And that's it. We did that in and I just and I just thought, like, 
Reminded me of an Ebert review, which I think is appropriate, given this is the year of Ebert's passing. Uh, you know, that he said of The Matrix, his one criticism of The Matrix was that The Matrix has the most incredible science fiction premise. And he didn't like how the how they spent, you know, the final sort of half an hour with this slow motion gunfight inside the skyscraper. Because he thought, why do you come up with such an intelligent premise only to have to finish it with a gunfight? Yeah. And it made me think of what you said about this, we are what we are, to give a really interesting, fascinating premise only to finish it off with the bloodbath. Yeah. And I just think, well, in is a that, way... Is, is that trio of writers, what they're called? They're just fucking, they're awful. Because <laughs> I, I, I watched Star Trek, I was disappointed by Star Trek as well. It's, it, and it's, um, I thought it, it was entertaining because it's, it's very fast-paced in terms of like, it's always rattling along. It never sort of takes a breather. But at the same time, it's never very exciting either. There's never anything that special happening. As you say, there's, there's no story this to it. Script is just bollocks. It's just yeah. yeah this yeah, like writing ruined yeah. it. Although, like on Ain't It Cool News, Harry Knowles gives this contrived defence of it, and that is to say, which is fairly interesting, that he's making some kind of political allegory. Is he? Yeah. <laughs> Well, yeah, there are some political allegories. They're pretty fucking obvious, though. All the sort of nine eleven stuff and all that sort of thing. But yeah, but what he's saying is that in the top of Starfleet, Starfleet is supposed to. This is in this. I thought found this quite interesting. Starfleet is supposed to represent this utopian ideal of globalized democracy. That in the future, all of the nations of the earth are going to work together in the name of democracy. And that their ideals will to be explore new frontiers and to work together in a peaceful, democratic way. That is the aim of Starfleet. And in Star Trek Into Darkness, you have the, a corruption at the heart of that ideal, which is the slow, steady, progressive militarization of Starfleet to go and try and create conflicts with these Klingon outer territories. Again, in that like and, Attack of the Clones, in that way. Yeah, it's nothing that it's new or special. New, yeah. It's like... I mean, so what? Yeah. It's a, don't make the story better, <laughs> it? make it, it? good. <laughs> it don't, doesn't make Benedict Cumberbatch actually threatening in any way. <laughs> no. <laughs> well, he turns into almost a good guy about half the film. It's just, yeah. Oh, I just didn't... I just like... This is... It's like, this is the supervillain of Star Trek and I'm laughing at him. He's not... He's not an unthreatening villain. Mm. Yeah, he was, a, that, he was a bit of... You never quite get the feeling that he's... Because he's supposed of. to be like the ultimate... Weapon, being. Yeah, yeah. But really, the only when he kills all the Klingons, it's just because he's got a big fucking gun. Go- yeah, exactly. <laughs> I just find him really camp, and I was just like, you're not threatening you're in any way, shape, or form, and you're not you're- showing. It's like Robert Carlyle's character in the Bond film. Oh, yeah. His 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 ability was that he was almost indestructible. He couldn't feel pain, and he yeah, was yeah, yeah. He never really got a set. Well, I think there was one scene where he was holding something hot. I think. Yeah. <laughs> and then at the end, he's having a fight, and he's getting hurt. He's like, oh, you know, he's getting battered by. I was like, hang That's on a minute. Wrong. He's meant to be fucking invincible. Anyway, yeah, sorry, yeah. can podcast. Like, yeah, so um, let's not talk about Star Trek. Looking at okay, so um, <laughs> what else have I seen? Um, but, 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 yeah, another competition film. This um, called Like Father, Like Son. Another Japanese film. Two Japanese films in competition this year, which is a good big achievement mm-hmm. um, for them. And yeah, Like Father, Like Son is about these this family. Um, so sort of like almost like an idyllic sort of modern Japanese family. Um, the, the the wife and the husband are very successful. They've got this five year old kid who's really prodigious. Bit of a, yeah, exactly. Yeah, a bit of a genius, and he's, and it's just this 
perfect family life and they get this phone call from the hospital to go in. So they go to the hospital and they got told that their baby had been swapped. At birth. At birth. So they then meet the family of the boy who's... They, where they swap them. And it is about um, those two families. And in, thematically, it's very interesting. It's like looking about what's more important. And we've had this conversation, you know, we actually had one earlier. The idea of nature and nurture. Like, what's more important? Um, blood or sort of, you know, kind of, you know... You bringing them up, them being yeah. you, know, you being their father. What makes someone a father and a mother, and what, you know what you know. So and it's and it's kind of fascinating, and, and you know how the, the the father in this deals with it, and the you know and how everyone deals with it differently. Um, and then they end up sort of make, they've got to make a decision: do they swap, or do they keep their own? You know, their their kid. So yeah, um, and they then do it where on weekends they look after them and to get used to it, to get used to it, and then eventually, you know, I won't go. Go into what happened further. Um, it sounds what's pretty good. Like, yes. I, I read it. When yeah, I read it, I thought I want to see that. I think it that. sounds better than it is. It's not bad. It's yeah. not bad. I enjoyed it. I mean, I yeah, yeah I, I, I'm baffled by the reviews though. But um, no, I, th- I was, um, I, I was, I was entertaining. It's quite light. Um, my problem with it is almost too light. Yeah. Um, my problem with it is that it doesn't really. It's just too silly and it's just too simple. There's no, there's no depth to the characters because. They're so extreme. Yeah. It's just like, he's just like pure blood and he's professional and he thinks you should work hard. Then the new family, like the fucking oh, comedy yeah, yeah, family, yeah. pop up in a mini camber van and they're like, Arr! and he's like, he's, just, he's like some kind of fucking nutter dad and he's obviously Mr. Yeah. Serious and, and the, what the kids, one of them's a little bit kind of wild and his kid's very perfect. You know, it's, yeah. it's, it's so two-dimensional yeah. that for me, I never ever got emotionally invested in it. Um, no complexity to the characters. No, not even not at all, not at all, and that. So it's, a, so it's just, and it's so textbook like, and it's just a bit contrived. Like the the crazy dad can fix things, and then the kid hasn't got um, you know, he's he's broken his his radio controlled car, and he fixes it. Oh, that's great! And then there's a later scene where the dad who can't fix things is trying to fix something, and he just goes, you know what? I'll just buy you a new one. And it's just like, oh, he's the materialistic, successful, rich one, and he's the you know, and it's like, oh yeah. god. Um, but um, so so yes, I mean that sounds quite harsh. I, I always do, but um, but no, it's kind of it's all right. It's just like I wouldn't want to watch it again. You know, if it was just on telly, you'd probably enjoy it. But um, another problem with the film has is that it it, it it should have ended thirty minutes before it does. Oh. I mean, what happens is this bit where they sort of introduce each other. They you know they kind of start sharing the children, and there's just then they all have this day out together, and it's just and it's just a poster, the main poster, and they take a photograph of all of them. Yeah, yeah. Um, as a photograph, and I thought that was the end of the film. And if it ended then, it'd have been like, okay, yeah, whatever. It's a bit light and fluffy, but fair enough. And that's a quite a sweet ending. Where you're not exactly sure what's going to happen, but you know that this has changed them for life forever. Sort of, you know, fair enough. But then, as it's half an hour after that, where it sort of becomes a bit of a legal battle, like they want there's a scabby family all always talking about damages, and you know, and because they want you know because they they're poor money. exactly, and um, and then also they you know how the kind of family plays out, what happens if they swap or when they swap. And, yeah. and it's actually it's not interesting. It doesn't really add anything. Um, it's, that's, some, that's when some of the more embarrassing scenes happen, where it's a bit cringy and you go, really? You know, it would have just been nice and light, but then it, it, so it spoiled it a lot for me and it added nothing. So That reminds me of artificial intelligence. Cut that future bit. 
Yeah, that final, well, the future, future. final 20 minutes, uh, you start yeah, cringing yeah. and you think, why did Spielberg add this? Yeah. Yeah. Speaking of whom, he's, a, he's here. Yeah, he's with us. Hi, Steve. He's making a cup of tea. Steve, what, is, what did you think of um, Jury President? So, two more films. I'll be very quick on this one. This is a market screen. This one um, best director at Berlin, actually. Um, Prince Avalanche. It's David Gordon Green, who I'm not a fan of his work. He did stuff like Pineapple Express. Um, And it's Paul Rudd and Emil Hirsch. A comedy. Quirky indie comedy. You know, it's not like Pineapple Express, to be fair. Um, It's not that broad. It's it's, um, what it's about. It's about this um, Paul Rudd. As he's the brother, um, Emil Hirsch is the brother of Paul Rudd's wife and is, in, is letting work with him over the summer day, working for three months. This big forest fire there's been yeah. um, in America and they're going around repainting the lines in the middle of the roads as part of the reconstruction, which is all they're doing. And they're spending three months on the road together. So they're sleeping in tents. And, so it's sort of like an odd couple. So Paul Rudd's very, it's just like talking about like father, like son again. But, you know, Paul Rudd's is very straight, very serious with it, with you got rules and and Emil Hirsch, the crazy younger one who obeys no rules. Sounds like Pineapple Express. And they, yeah, James yeah, Franco, yeah, and Seth yeah, Rogen, and yeah. one of them was like a potted nutter. Exactly. So it's like that, but on a it's, it, the characters are much more yeah. sort of fleshed out there. They, they, it is a bit like that, but there's much more depth to it. But and then it's about them and how they kind of their relationship sort of mm. formed, and so it's a, you know it's a odd couple sort of plot. Um, it doesn't really do much other than that in all honesty it's a bit of an <laughs> indulgent project but it's alright again it's all, I, It's not that funny it's not that great nothing particularly exciting happens but thing is odd couple an odd couple an odd couple film is gonna is gonna fail or succeed on the chemistry of the couple mm. and the charisma of the two people mm. if you've got an interesting couple that actually have chemistry and can fizz off each other yeah. in then it's a, then it can be awesome. You could watch them. You could watch them for five hours. Don't matter what the fuck they're doing. So you know, so long as they're if if you have if you're watching two people engagingly banter with one another, it's fun. It's fun in real life when you see two people engagingly banter with each other. Mm. So did they accomplish that? Not really. <laughs> it's not that they're unwatchable. They it's just they're, they're, no 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 no. I, don't, I didn't want to watch them for much more than the ninety minutes. To be honest. Generally, it's like the best buddy cop movies you've ever seen. Yeah. Are there any good ones? Lethal Weapon. Yeah. But would you want to watch a five-hour version of Lethal Weapon? No. <laughs> I don't even think I've seen Lethal Weapon. I have seen Lethal yeah. Weapon. Twins. Um, anyway. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. So, but it's, you know, it's kind of nice. Kind of a nice concept at its moments, but, you know, you can yeah, live without it. Special. Yeah, absolutely. Okay, the final film is called... Um, the past. This is Friday's film. Is it the second film after a separation? Is no, it's, no, it's probably loads. Yeah. There was one last year, uh, Yeah, but it's his second. Is it a second film after separation? No, he did another one in between about about Ellie. Itself. Yeah, that's what I meant. The second one after separation. Oh, second one. Yeah, yeah. Sorry, sorry. I worded it in a really stupid Very way. Yeah. Okay, but anyway, a separation. A- absolutely amazing film. Won the uh, best foreign language film a couple of years ago, Oscar. Um. Really powerful film, and this um, it's French, um, but the main guy in a separation is in it. All oh, right, um, Iranian. Yeah, I think he's Iranian. Was it Iranian? This yeah, separation. Separation's Iranian. Yeah, but this is French, and and the story is 
this Iranian man is um, traveling back to France to sign the divorce papers of him and his French wife. And while he's there, he gets sort of brought up and embroiled in, in the, her new life. So he's staying with her. She's, she's pregnant. She's getting married. The daughter wants nothing to do with her. She keeps running away. Um, and he, just coming over to sign some papers, end up getting embroiled because the daughters only want to speak to him. They still have, he's, they're not his kids either. So that, so, but he was uh, married to them while they were younger and he sort of raised them a little bit. But they sort of only want to communicate to him and he's trying to sort out what happened. And it comes to light that the, the, new, the new fella, the new husband, uh, future husband, him, his wife's in a coma. So he's yeah. married as well. And his wife is in a coma. And she obviously, this new she's pregnant. So it's a kind of fat, intermingled family drama. Um, that sounds quite... Yeah, but there's, but there's maybe a reason why well, she's in a coma and you've, she commit, tried to commit suicide. And as it flushes out, you sort of, it plays with why did she... There's a I reason why she tried to commit past, suicide. What happened? In so the... it's, it is, yeah. So it's, yeah, it is... It's more about the, the, the kind of relationship of the whole family's past. That is, that is a very recent past. That's like a week before. But it is obviously a, many pasts yeah. um, it deals with. Um, and again, it looks beautiful. It, it looks, it's very similar to a separation on a lot of levels. Performance style, writing style. It, it looks very similar as well. And, um, and it's, again, it can't falter on, a, on the technical level. I think um, Berenice Bejo, Bejo. Is um is really good. The girl from the artist, it's great. I mean, you put the artist in this next to each other, it's great for profile for her. It's a really strong performance. The acting all around is very very good. And it's got the guy from um that French actor, that prison movie with there's two of them. Oh, the um what's that what's that called? You the, know the, a prophet. A pro- yeah, unprofet. Yeah, the younger guy in that he's the the okay. new boyfriend, the new fiance. I and I saw him in a film last year about a woman who kills all the babies. Um. <laughs> Yeah, so he's so so yeah, so he's in it. Um, what was I saying? You talk about performances, and yeah, yeah, whatever. Yeah, it's he's well performed, well written. It's all good, but it's just quite dull. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> it's just quite boring. It's just like yeah, you know, it's just a bit quite slow. It's what not... is the th- what do you what is the central theme of it? Like it, who <laughs> oh, the past? <laughs> what is no? But is there any one particular character or one particular narrative that it's that? The film is focused on is it about is it about secrecy, guilt, betrayal, jealousy, fear? What like, or is it just about? Or is it like mistakes that these people have made, or is it just literally? No, it's not about are these, mistakes. Are any of these characters compelling? Yeah, I oh, know it is. Yeah, they are compelling. You know, you kind of if if the story was a little bit more to it, if it just had a little bit more drama to it, a bit more conflict, it'd have been more. It'd have been infinitely better. It's just. Yeah. The story is just not quite gripping enough. It's just, you know, it's just a bit kitchen sink. It's just a yeah, bit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Is, is it that? Like in, oh, she's bit, pregnant. Mm. Bit Coronation Street. In a little bit, done on a, a classy level, but yeah. Like a classy version of Coronation Yeah, so it's like a little bit better than Coriori. <laughs> <laughs> um, that's a good that's review. A grand praise. That's, that's going on the poster. But we're going to watch James Franco's premiere. Yeah, we're off to watch uh, tonight. I it's called now. Uh, as I lay there dying as well. As is it, it going to be good? Is, is there any advanced word on this? The first there, there should be. There's, there's, there's a morning screening. So yeah, there's, there's, yeah. Yeah. I saw the trailer. It looked, it looks, it just looks like a sort of classy drama. I mean, the trailer doesn't give a lot away. It's, um, it looks a bit worthy, maybe, but we'll see. I don't know. We will see. Um, so that's what we just want to start it off. 
catch up. So we'll do them a bit more frequently, a bit shorter, and maybe talk about the films a little bit more in depthly. And obviously, yeah, we'll, we'll all get involved. Yeah. yeah, cool. All right. See ya. Bye.